Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Big Squid Podcast. On today's Space Podacy episode, comedian Ben Elwood returns, and we're discussing Spike Jones' film, Her. Ah, it's nice to be back with a new Space Podacy. It's been a little while since we've had an opportunity to get together and record one. And you're in for a rollicking good time as Ben freaks out about the dangers of AI and I do my best not to. <laughs> not because I'm not worried, but because I want to give some balance to the chat. And once you listen to the chat, you'll understand what I'm about to apologise for. But for anyone living in the future... Uh, I apologise for all the things I deliberately say in this episode that will undoubtedly get me cancelled by people who are now married to their AI. That might be in three months, that might be in three years, that might be in ten years, but I apologise. I did not know what I was talking about. Uh, Is it an apology if you start laughing at the end? Anyway. As Ben would probably say, we'll all be dead by then, so who gives a shit? (laughs) Uh, Before we launch into the podcast, a quick reminder for my Sydney friends that I am performing my 2023 show, Little Victories, at the Harold Park Hotel on June 13th, and my support act is Tim Ferguson. Tim actually booked me for the gig, and I am pumped to catch up with Tim, and I am pumped to do this gig with him. Uh, We've kept the tickets really cheap. They're only $20, uh, but they are also limited. So if you're keen to come to the show, don't dilly-dally. Head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs and you can find the link and more details for the show right there. That is justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. Also, if you sign up for the Patreon to the podcast, you're able to access all sorts of bonus podcasts, 
different types of material. You can join in on uh, some of the stuff that we get up to over there. Uh, you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to my good friend, uh, Tara Truella. Hi, Tara. I have a feeling this movie and our chat will be something you can sink your teeth into while you're traveling between gigs. So I hope that Ben and I entertain you on this episode. Uh, Tara, if you haven't seen this film, I think you'd get a kick out of it. So if you haven't seen it, check it out when you get the opportunity. Let me know what you think. Or if you've already seen it, you know, you can uh, just bypass most of that and let me know now. (laughs) Thanks, Tara. If you'd like to have an episode dedicated to you and access to bonus content, and uh, actually some of the bonus content that's going on over there is that I'm currently going through my old files from my original podcast, Can You Take This Photo, Please? And I found interviews with people like Ronnie Chang and Tom Gleason, Cal Wilson, Will Anderson from 2013. And uh, at the moment, were two parts into a uh, Tony Martin interview from 2014. So part one is already up. Part two will go up at the beginning of June. So uh, if you would like to be able to access things like that and more, Uh, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. That's patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you will find a tier that suits you. Now it is time to meet Theodore, a sensitive and soulful man who is left heartbroken after his marriage ends. Soon he meets someone new, falls in love and begins to explore what this relationship can mean to him. The major stumble is that his new partner, Samantha, is an artificial intelligence. Let's get ready to enter the world of her. Good morning, Theodore. Good morning. You have a meeting in five minutes. You want to try getting out of bed? <laughs> get up! You're too funny. Know you're living in my mind. Theodore, I saw in your emails that you'd gone through a breakup recently. You're kind of nosy. Am I? You'll get used to it. So what was it like being married? There's something that feels so good about sharing your life with somebody. How do you share your life with somebody? The woman that I've been seeing, Samantha, she's an operating system. You're dating in a West? What is that like? <laughs> I feel really close to her. Like when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. I want to learn everything about everything. I want to discover myself. I want that for you, too. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Falling in love is kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. You're dating your computer? She's not just a computer. You always wanted to have a wife without the challenges of actually dealing with anything real. I'm glad that you found someone. Ever. Am I in this because I'm strong enough for a real relationship? Is it not a real relationship? I can feel the fear that you carry around. I wish they could help you let go of it because I don't think you'd feel so alone anymore. You're beautiful. We're only here briefly. And while I'm here, I I want to allow myself joy. I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. Now we know how. 
This has nothing to do with the movie we're about to watch, but uh, it kind of ties in a little bit to science fiction mm. and, and, and stuff. So you're like me. I think that the Ezra Miller uh, version of The Flash just isn't for us. And well, Ezra Miller isn't for me. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, I performance-wise. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Ezra Miller is definitely uh, problematic. Mm. But uh, I watched the... Uh, for a little project that I'm working on, I watched The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, and yeah. they were fantastic in it. Oh, they was, really? I'd, yeah? I'd okay. never really seen Ezra Miller in anything else. And sure. they were so good. Okay. And I was and I, I'm retroactively bummed out <laughs> because <laughs> I because I, and I can understand like if you were of a certain age yeah. and you saw Ezra Miller in this yeah. and then probably saw him in other things yes. where I've heard that they're great as well. Yeah. We he need to talk about Kevin. Yes. Very good in that. Yes, right. That's what I've also and heard. And, uh, and turns out was actually playing quite to form, so maybe not right. even a performance. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? But it's such a strange thing to sort of, uh, you know, I- I'd kind of missed their career to mm. a certain extent, and then, I, and then they turned up in The Flash. And look, it's, it's a choice. It's just not a choice that I'm into. But no. what's, what's fascinating is I look back and I think, wow, Timothy Chalamet really came along and course-corrected you. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ezra Miller is the uh, the dark uh, negative reflection of Timothy Chalamet, for sure. Yeah. For it, sure. So, it's all set up. Anyway, <laughs> I, I thought I'd just save that for the start of this. So uh, It is wild that they're releasing that movie. I mean, I guess they've sunk enough money into it. But. So, have you heard... So, do, do you care if I spoil something for you, which is not really a spoiler, but... Uh, more to the point, ask the audience. I couldn't give a shit, but maybe tell the audience if you're about to spoil something and we'll, they can skip forward a Hang few on seconds. a sec. When does it come out? It comes out... Oh, you know what? I'll tell you off. Just tell me off, Mike. I'll tell you off, Mike. Remind me, though. But it is wild they're releasing that movie. I that, mean, th- th- this person, you know, has, is on, like, kidnapping charges and all kinds of wild, oh, yeah, wild crazy. shit. And the... So the so the reason I was going to bring up what's been spoiled. Look, it's going it's it's all through the. Uh, Don't do it because I I, I found out something about Succession three episodes, but I was like th- not even a season behind. I was three episodes behind. Yeah, and something gets ruined. and something okay. got ruined, and it wasn't even and it was just a hint, and it was like oh for fuck's sake, I've invented yeah. invested years into this show, yeah. and now like oh there's a big thing happening. Yeah. Like, cool man, and you and you know how storytelling works, so you you, you feel oh yeah, I, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't even reveal what the thing was, and I knew exactly what yeah. the thing was. Well, anyway, getting to the point of the Flash. What's interesting is they seem to be doing a lot of advertising of other things. So there seems to be much more emphasis on Michael Keaton's Batman. There seems to be even more emphasis on Ben Affleck. And they have dropped something that once upon a time you would... And I feel like, you know, people are saying, oh, the, the magazine or the online site that let this out, you know... Will they get in trouble? But I reckon it's it's all smart moves to keep deflecting. Distract, 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 distract. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not even a plot point. It's just something that you hear, and I could imagine a fan being excited by. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how these companies deal with that stuff. Apparently, the uh, plot description on Disney Plus for the Quantum Mania movie does not mention Kang. Oh right! It's like oh, the, they're they're facing a big threat. Yeah. <laughs> like, While well, we scramble to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do, 
That stuff is... That is one of the most... I'm, I, I, I don't get into Hollywood bullshit or gossip or anything, but that is one of the most wild developments yeah. ever. Crazy. Yeah. Cra- it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as crazy if the entire project wasn't already imploding under its own weight. But for then this to come along, yeah. plus the writer's strike, it's like, oh, dude. Like, and, and this isn't... I'm not. I, I'm not getting involved in the weeds of the story and everything. No. But I'm just talking. If you were the, if you were Feige or one of the Disney people, you would be sitting there with your hands over your face right now, going, "Ah, oh, fuck! What are we gonna do?" Like the inability to <laughs> work out how to move forward, and like I, to to be generous, like you know, maybe right. COVID threw things out of whack, etc. Yeah. But it's uh, the inability to move forward, but also. Conversely, the absolute smash hit that the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie has been, sure. like it's been massive. Which was always going to be. Well, yeah, James yeah, Garden, yeah, the yeah. Franchise, but, blah, blah. But, it, but it tells you something about what people want and, yeah. the, and the world building. You don't know, like I think Scott Mendelson online sort of said that part of the problem with how things are viewed at Marvel is that... Uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel overachieved. So they thought, oh, this mm. is the new normal. But actually, some movies mm. like, even like a Shang-Chi and all of them, they actually kind of hit correctly. Yeah. So... Um, I would argue that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was a smash hit because it is the last gasp of the old guard. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And of it should have come out... You know, of course it is. It's like, oh, we know these characters. We like these yeah. characters. It's not fucking. But the world building, Teen Hulk or whatever. But also planning, uh, planning your whole future around the bad guy is weird. Like Thanos, like the the first three seasons, uh, well, the first three, Thanos wasn't the main character. Thanos was in and out and popping in and out. But it was it was Iron Man. It was Cap. <laughs> The Heath Ledger Joker part of my brain is like finds this hilarious. So do like, I. It's yeah. So funny. <laughs> I know. Well, also, I, I have. I still haven't seen Ant Man. I haven't gone and seen. Oh, of course not. I haven't seen Guardians, even though I. No, hear, I haven't seen it either. Even mm. though I heard one thing that, for the first time, made me go, ah, oh, which is James Gunn, massive fan of We Three, and then they've said it's ah, like he's made his version of We Three. Cool. And then there's just a little part of you that goes. Oh, that actually sounds all right. Yeah, I'll watch it on my screen at home. I'm done. I'm not going to the fucking cinema. I'm not going to the cinema either. Fuck that. Yeah. Not when this, you know, not. I went and saw Bo is Afraid for the second time. It was great. Right. (laughs) Was it great? It's great. It is. It is. It's brilliant, dude. It's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. It's Uh, brilliant. I stand by it. But, you know, it was my life on screen, so. It was nice to. It, it was nice to see my Oedipus complex uh, <laughs> represented. <laughs> God, it's. Um, I'm glad he got to make that movie because I'm not sure he'll get to make another movie like that for a while. Oh no! It's God been, no! Been a dreadful. Uh, it's been dreadfully received. Oh, like it's the biggest loss in A24's history. Yeah, but it was also their biggest budget. Ever. Yeah, yeah, so, no, well, yeah, yeah, but it's still. <laughs> of course, but it was always like as soon as halfway through it, I was like, "There's no way this makes money." Well, also, even he was sort of saying, "Why did you let me make this yeah. film?" <laughs> which is which I find really entertaining. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into her. I mm. just uh, this is much of a muchness, but mm. uh, in my diary because we've had we've been going to do this a couple of times. I always mm-hmm. just put your name down and what we're going to do, and it's consistently made me laugh to look in my diary and see Ben Hur. But um, <laughs> when did you first see this film? Uh, I believe the year it came out, 2014, yep. 13. 13, whatever it was. Yep. 
Yeah. It was one of the movies that me and my ex watched as our relationship was imploding. So so funny. There you go. (laughs) So did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot then. And this time... Well, I guess we'll get to our reactions this time around. I enjoyed it a lot time the first time. Yes. This time, I think because of the current state of play and the fact that this is no longer fiction, it freaked me out a lot more than... it. it, I didn't find it as warm and fuzzy as I did the first time. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I'm not sure I found it warm and fuzzy the first time, but I see what you mean. Uh, So I saw this at the cinema in 2013 and uh, quite enjoyed it. Like, you know, and the problem was my friend who came along with me, she had a visceral reaction to this and she... Hated, hated it. it. Hated it. Right. Like, just really Why? was... Uh, just, you know, this sad boy bullshit on the screen. Just fucking hated it. Yeah. But um, it was funny, you know, when something's being said. And, like, I'm always fascinated when someone has a reaction to something where you go, well, I can imagine not liking this, but I just don't really see why you would hate it. And then so I'm always wanting to unpick it. And... She, it was like, oh, yeah, of course. She's coming out of a breakup with a guy that couldn't get his shit together. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix fucking triggered her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with Rooney Mara, the, the her rhetoric of yeah. like, you know, oh, my, my computer does feel emotions. Uh, all right. Like, yeah. you're mentally ill. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You're a fucking computer. And I know that that's, uh, it's so funny. This is the kind of rhetoric that in 10 years is going to get us cancelled. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I know. There's going to be full blown people having relationships with their computers, and anyone who ever said anything negative about it yeah. will be seen as tech phobic or whatever it is. But yeah. that's the direction we're going. I yeah. mean, it is. And I think that's the reaction I had to it this time. It was like, oh, this is. It, uh, I, 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 it could be in a new class of movies called uh, Dystopian Whimsy. Right, yes. Whimsical Dystopia. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for in 10 years time when we're being cancelled because I use the term cyber fucker <laughs> and I'm saying it right now. I'm just going to try and think of heaps of terms, uh, you know, that can get me in, in, in trouble. <laughs> portal, portal fucker. Portal fucker. Yeah. Floppy disk fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the upside is that in 10 years we'll be able to say that, um, Whatever our slur was, was deep faked and it wasn't actually us. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I can get away with hard drive fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Terabyte toucher. Oh, no. No, that's too far, mate. You can't call him a terabyte toucher. Uh, Segment Google me, Chuck. Top four responses when you Google her. What is the point of the movie, her? Why is the movie Her rated R? And it came, the answer to that was sex, romance, nudity. Wow. <laughs> what what funny things to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romance. Yeah, romance, <laughs> nudity, sex. Uh, all very natural things in the general way. There is life. nudity in it. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, is her movie worth watching? Why did Samantha leave her? So, mm, anyway. Mm, uh, segment first context. These are some of the sci-fi movies that came out before and after. 2009, Avatar. Mm-hmm. 2010, Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. 2011, The Adjustment Bureau. 2012, Looper. 2014, Edge of Tomorrow. 2015, Ex Machina. More Machina. Uh, it's interesting... Uh, Regardless of success of how, or how you feel about all of those films, that's a that's a pretty broad range of oh yeah uh, sci-fi films. Absolutely. Uh, segment the year that was twenty thirteen. So how's this for this very year? After Earth. Oh yeah yeah. Elysium. Oh yeah yeah. Gravity. Yay. 
Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah. Oblivion. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, it's all yeah. right. Yeah, aesthetically very nice. It's, it's, it's one of those films where I, I haven't rewatched it, but I was talking to our mate Adam about it, and, mm. and we both had the same reaction, which is at the start you're thinking, why is Tom Cruise in this film? And then when the denouement comes about, you go, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm, is that the 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 Khan? One? No, it's not Khan. He's playing someone different. Oh, oh no, sorry. sorry, it's who we all thought it's it was. Khan. It's Khan. Right. Yes. And World War Z, and for our American friends, Z. Z. I didn't mind World War Z when it first came out. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't rewatch it, but I didn't mind it back then. You know what? It is. Uh, it had such a terrible lead up and they were doing all these reshoots yeah. and you thought this is going to be dog shit. And then yeah. I saw it and I thought, oh, I thought that was actually yeah, it's not bad. quite effective. And and the the ending that Damon Lindelof end, uh, added, because he was brought in to rewrite the ending, yeah. I thought was really great. Yeah, there's yeah. some great stuff in that. Yeah. And weirdly, like, I think there was a rumour that David Fincher was going to do the sequel. And I've the, heard this. Yeah, 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 but anyway. All right, let's get into this film. We open on the wonderfully named Theodore Toombley, Joaquin Phoenix, a lonely and introverted man who is dealing with the depression of his impending divorce to his childhood sweetheart, Catherine. Theodore writes letters for people who don't know how or are unable to write letters of a personal nature. Is this a job you could find yourself doing? No. No, like uh, the the irony is that um, as sophisticated as the representation of AI is in this film, it missed the point that it, it, it this job won't be done by humans in the future. It will literally be ChatGPT just pumping it out. People will just well, put their four points that they want in the yeah. letter into ChatGPT and brrr, yeah. Brrr. Well, I guess the point this is making is that you still need a human touch for sure. certain things. Yes. I feel like if you wanted to, yeah. the reason I ask this question is I feel like you could do this. I'm not I, saying you want to, but I'm feeling like you could do this as a job. Sure, sure. I used to be much better with... Uh, in the early days of the internet, I used to do a lot of... Uh, what's it called? What, what, what's the term for it? Text sex? Chat, chat sex? You know, the, remember before there were webcams or anything? You'd just go into... Well, maybe you didn't, but I did. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. No, 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 go, go. It was, it was like... Uh, it was called, oh God, it's so embarrassing. It's, it was called naughtychat.com. Right. And so I was like 17, 18 and I would go into this thing and I, oh. you know, and it was just, it was, you know how people now create digital avatars of themselves, yep. you know, like, and maybe they're more handsome than yep. they are, but this is before any of that. So it was all in text. So it was yep. just how you represented yourself through language. Uh, and I became very good at that. Right. You know, and in that real time, kind of having conversations with people. And, you know, it was probably some fucking other 17-year-old dude in a basement. But, you know, it was. Yeah. It became very interesting to see how you could use language to seduce people. Right, right. So, yeah, I probably could do that job now. Um, but, but this job is also just writing nice things to each other. Yeah, we, no, we oh, were, yeah. no, no, no. We, oh, we, I see. We, no, 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 I wasn't saying we were, like, it would eventually get to horny stuff. Right. But to get to the horny place. I see what you mean. Yes, you know, sorry. There was like a yep. seduction involved in it. It yep. wasn't just like, wanna fuck? Oh, I'm yeah. putting my dick in you. Yeah. Like, it was a whole process. Yeah. You know, and then it eventually, by, by the time I hit about 20, it would go into like, you know, exchanging phone numbers. Again, it's like so primitive compared to today. But it was, but to get someone's phone number, you'd have to build up this quote-unquote relationship, but trust relationship over days or weeks or whatever to get to a point... Because it was someone's home phone number. Yeah. 
And so, you know, they're giving out to some rando on the internet. Right, right. And so, to get to that place, there would have to be so much kind of um, masterful use of language. It couldn't yeah. just be like, me horny, wanna fuck. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. In the future, they'll be referred to as QWERTY jizzlobbers. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to continue thinking of all the words that might get me cancelled in 10 years' time. Uh, I feel like with the amount of amateur therapy I do for my friends, I could do this job very well. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm ready yeah. for it. I'm ready to make a segue. You could do that. Yep. Yeah. Justin Hamilton, love letter writer. Yep. Bespoke love letters. Now, I might add it to Patreon <laughs> for, uh, for for a nominal, for, for, for $3 a month. Uh, $3 I will, a month? Yeah, I'll write, wow. I'll write you one love letter. Uh, no, fuck it. Have you ever written a real love letter in... Have you written a love letter? Or a love poem or something like that? Like, if I did, it was literally decades ago. Yeah. Yeah, I've never written a sincere love letter. I've received a sincere love letter. I think I wrote one to my... Maybe to my first girlfriend, like, you know, like 1618. That's when you're still, like, uh, optimistic and believe in romance and... Yeah. That you're going to be together forever and then yeah. the world crushes you and you never think of doing that again. That was a really interesting question. I was actually bamboozled for a moment. A love letter written at this age would have more in common with like a, a nihilistic suicide letter than anything. Uh, yeah, Everything yeah. comes to an end, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, are you trying to pick me up or are you telling me that I need to call the police? Uh, you know what? Maybe both. <laughs> you work out which order you want to do it in. <laughs> Uh, Theodore can't help but think about his previous relationship and one night turns to phone sex to keep him occupied. This is a smart move in the storytelling because if he's comfortable with this form of sexual gratification, it doesn't feel like too big a step where he goes next. But more importantly, have you ever had a woman tell you, choke me with the dead cat during intercourse? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I tell you what, uh, so like like, to elaborate on what I said before, kind of similar. Oh, goodness. Um, So once... I started getting, you know, once I got my first phone number. So I had this like weird, when I was like 19, I had this relationship mm. with a woman in America where we would just talk on the phone all the time mm. and we'd have phone sex mm. uh, and we met on this stupid naughty chat site. And then because when I was 19, 20, wasn't getting laid at all. And so, mm. and, and so in my real life, I was like this kind of, you know, tubby, very insecure person, but in the chat rooms and on the phone, I was like this fucking, you know, like a version of myself that's never existed, just Mm. completely uninhibited, completely free, (laughs) sexual, like all these things. Yeah. Um, And it was so interesting because my friends at the time, you know, 19 and stuff, they were getting laid for real. Right. But it was all that, you know, awkward, you know, is that a knuckle kind of teenager finger bang sex? Right. Whereas I wasn't having physical sex, but I was having all these... insane experiences with a whole plethora of women, usually in America. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for, for three months, I was talking to this lady who ran a slot car racing business. And on a Monday, she stayed back in the office. away. Just from for everyone home. who might be driving or running and, and not really focusing properly, that was slot. Slot car, slot. S-L-O-T. Slot. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so she'd stay in the office on Monday nights. Her husband would be at home, yeah. and she'd stay in the office doing the books, and we'd have phone sex while she was at her desk. Right. Just all these crazy experiences. There's probably like a half a dozen different women I was talking to over the course of that two years. Uh, there was one time, well, I don't even want to say what she said, 
but it was clearly a, a disturbed person who, you know, exchanged numbers, yeah. I called, and it wasn't choking with a dead cat, but it was, it, it went down that very similar path. It got very dark very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up hanging up, like freaking out and hanging up. Oh, goodness. Because um, also, you know, I was like 19 years old. Yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, everything up until then had been like, oh, this is, good. This is crazy. Yeah. You know, we were like, you know, moaning and talking sexy on the phone and all this stuff. And then suddenly it was an insight into a level of uh the adult world that I had not been exposed to. Like right, that like a real right. sadness and a real darkness. Right, yeah. Um and it was really jarring and, and really upsetting. Yeah. Really, really upsetting. Oh no. That's awful. Yeah. But you know, crazy experiences. Yeah. I haven't thought of that time in my life in a long time. But yeah, it was uh yeah, that's that pretty was, interesting. Was it was wild. Right. You had to go to the service station and buy a ten dollar international phone card. Right. And you'd get like, you know, an hour, two hours or whatever. Mate, that's <laughs> that's real commitment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you get your your bed to yourself. Yeah, it was just it was great. Yeah. And then most of the time, you know, after we came, we'd just lie there and talk. Yeah. You know, and it was like, it was that, that part of the movie I really related to. It's strange how you can feel intimacy with someone, even though there is no physicality. Yeah. I felt incredible intimacy to a couple of those people. And then one of them, we fooled around a couple of times. And then in the end, we just enjoyed chatting. And so we talked for years after that. Right, right. Just, just had this like weird phone friendship. It feels like there's something in this. It feels like... It's a great, strange time of my life. Yeah. I... I, look, we're in the middle of a podcast, but I, I think you should remember all of this and maybe explore it. There's oh, it's, in it's it. all written down. I've, yeah. I've, I've, re- I've taken extensive notes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder in the future if our fellow USB anus stickers... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it's like I'm probably using like people that'd be like, I'd be offended if I knew what a USB was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll all be digital cloud fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. in the future. <laughs> I mean, the fucking ports. Ah, dearie me. It is funny how something like in the middle of sex, Mm. it can just be the greatest thing ever and then someone can say something that is just fundamentally something that you disagree with. You know, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Or they just, or they, it's just just really not part of your nature. And um, choke me with the dead cat. (laughs) Like, I would have been out of there. A great Seinfeld episode. Are they the panties your mummy laid out for you? Oh, Remember that man. one? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know what I was saying. I just, I just said the first thing that came into my head. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, man, <laughs> panties. God damn, it's such a. There's just certain words that are just never going to bounce back. Yeah, I know. Uh, Theodore purchases a new operating system that comes with an AI that is designed to adapt and evolve. He gives the AI a feminine voice, and she names herself Samantha. If you could choose your AI voice, what would you choose? Oh, David Attenborough. Yeah. David. I'd pick George Clooney. What was that? George Clooney. (laughs) Sure, yeah, absolutely. Imagine that. Soothing male voice, authoritative, yet... Caring and David Attenborough's a good one too. Yeah. Imagine having, like, I'd be wrapped if going, Ammo, it's time to uh, have your breakfast. Yep. Dude, Thanks, George. five minutes from now. There's yeah. probably already a thing that you can do it. There's yeah. AI now where all you need is a three second clip of someone's voice and yeah. you can create them saying anything, well, which is the implications of that are just beyond horrifying. Well, well, well the thing with, the AI, with AI 
uh, hang on. Should we save the AI chat to... Ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking all, podcast. It's, Might as yeah. well do it now. Um, the, the fascinating thing about AI is that it is equal parts horrific, but also exciting for the right reason. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I know someone whose uh, father, elderly father, got scanned in um, with this brand new technology overseas with um, that was uh, AI run, and they found all these cancerous cells that yeah. doctors would have missed. Like, yeah. Do you know no, what I mean? No, so no, then, so yeah. then that part of it is, yeah. or you know, th- there's uh, there's the potential that there'll be an AI where if, you know, we're recording this podcast mm. and then if someone, you know, for some reason in France wanted to listen to it, could convert it to French and yeah. then they could listen to it. So, so yeah, that's, that stuff's amazing. That's great. Yeah. But then it's... On the flip side, you've got an AI that can read your MRI scans and dictate your thoughts into text. Not right. so great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, Ho- that's Horrifying. That's what makes it fascinating. And... Uh, you know, so I'm. It will it will take us all out in the end. You know that, right? Like it's 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 advancing so terrifyingly fast. Yeah. Like every single day, there's some new headline. All these AIs, ChatGPT, all of them, they have emergent properties that the program has never programmed into them, and they yeah. have no idea how they're doing it. They're yeah. just doing it. Yeah. The, 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 the thing is, everyone talks about, you know, oh, hard AI, and will it become sentient? And blah, blah. it doesn't need to become sentient to no. wreak. Havoc yep. and complete devastation. You know, I mean, just the existential crisis that it's creating alone. Like, just the... Oh, and the writer's strike. This is when we're recording it in the States. You know, that's part of what they're... Absolutely. ...marching against. You know, you, you use... I don't, I, I've used Midjourney quite a bit, the, the AI art generator. I right. mean, it is incredible. Yeah. It's... it's you know, and... I hope James Fosdyke's not listening. Well, yeah, I've only played around with it a little bit, Fosdyke. I've never used it, just out of curiosity. Yeah. But, you know, it's... You know, it, it, art has just been fundamentally a human endeavour. You yeah. know, the human mind, creativity and all the rest. Yeah. And then you can just put in a Van Gogh painting of Sydney Harbour and in under 30 seconds it spits out... That if you didn't know yeah. a computer made it, you would think a human being painted it. It's 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 moving. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, one of the like, you know, I'm fundamentally against it, but it, it, I, you know, people would have seen this. I was thoroughly entertained by the AI generated Wes Anderson Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, and that's and that and that's you know. Anyone who doesn't think, anyone who thinks that this is just some kind of like novelty or party trick or whatever is not paying attention. And it's so funny when you talk to people, you see the cognitive dissonance kick in. Yeah. Like they can't yeah. allow themselves to go there. Yeah. Like I, I, I made one on Mid Journey. It was, uh, you know, Hokusai, the guy, the Japanese painter that did yes. the, the wave. Yep. I just did Pikachu drawn by Hokusai. And it spat out in 20 seconds this incredible wood print. I'll show it to you later. It's yep. just. It's it's beautiful. It, yeah. it, it, there's nothing digital or uncanny or anything about it. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I was showing it to someone going, this is freaking me out, man. And he wouldn't even look at it. Right. He just kept glancing at it going, yeah, and no, I've seen that. And I was like, but you haven't seen it because I made it. Well, yeah. I quote made it. Yeah. Five minutes ago. You've never seen this. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's like, dude, if I fucking showed you that and said, oh, look what I just drew. Yeah. You'd be staring at it going, whoa, you're incredible. Yeah. But your brain will not allow you yeah. to- let this in because it's existentially devastating. Yeah, if, if the if the computer can make this beautiful piece of art, are we, like, what does that mean for our 
sentience or our capacity, like our individuality or anything. Like, is, does it just prove that we are just meat computers, you know, working to influences and binary codes? Well, and- that's uh, that's why you know there's um, the homogenization of art just through the internet mm-hmm. is already one of those things where this is you know. One of the major problems with the Marvel movies is that yeah. it's, it's all beat for beat the same and, yep. uh, you know, who gives a shit? Yep. So that homogenization will become more so because it'll be, you know, well, I, I think we talked about this ages ago, but my friend who uh, knew, and this was happening, she told me this a couple of years ago, which was Amazon... You know, you write a script, uh, a script you put it through the yeah, AI yeah, 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 and then yeah. it picks out... Yeah, and so that's how you get that crazy Josh Brolin series, which is mm-hmm. like, you like the OA? There's a girl who's like the lead from the OA. Do you like Lost? Well, there's a mystery to oh, be solved. Terrific. Do you like Yellowstone? Well, there's a cowboy. And that's it's, terrific. Mate. That's terrific. And, you yeah. know, these companies, you can't tell me that they're not going to lean into it, you know. Uh, I, I, I put uh, costume design for Indigenous Australian Batman into mid-journey. Yeah. And it spat out four amazing options. In options. Yep. You cannot tell me that Disney is not already working on the algorithm, the costume design yeah. AI. I mean, if a company would dump toxic waste in the ocean because it costs less money than disposing of it responsibly, yeah. it, it's in. It's not ethical to their shareholders not to create that AI and fire all their costume designers. Yeah. Even if they keep on two, just to sift through... The generative responses that the AI the AI can spit out a thousand designs an hour. Yeah, and you know, oh, you combine that bit and that bit and that bit, and there you go. So, before we started recording, I was telling you about uh, how I'm working on Dancing with the Stars mm. and creating scripts for that. Yeah. And I yesterday, like it was, uh, I can't go into it because I've signed clauses that I broke when I told you, but I, <laughs> so I can't have them recorded in case someone uh, reveals it. But uh, it, it was it was such a monumentally mental day and uh the, the thing that i forgot to tell you was i like it was technically a really stressful day but i was having such a good time and i was laughing so much mm. because i know in my heart of hearts this experience this type of experience is finite yep because it'll be an ai that will be yep. putting these scripts together and doing it much quicker than me and yep. you we know are dinosaurs dude i look at my career as a writer and i'm like oh Bank out while you can, brother, because yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Graphic designers are fucked. Like, yeah. it, like what what's coming around the bend is so. And it, it's this makes me more on edge than any of the climate stuff ever has. To a point where I have to disengage because mm. you know it's with the climate stuff. From, you know, I've stressed about it most of my life, but it's like, well, you know, something bad's probably going to happen, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. Whereas yeah. this thing, it's like, what the, it's, it's, it's like the aliens landed yesterday. Yeah. They've invaded everywhere. And where and most people, you could go up to more than 50% of people on Earth, probably three quarters. They don't have any fucking idea that any of this is even happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking in everything. It's in everything. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a talk by Tristan Harris, who runs the uh, Center for Ethical Technology, called the AI Dilemma. Yeah, uh, and that's well worth watching. It's a one-hour talk, uh, but you will feel nauseous watching it because right. it brings up, you know, like the MRI one. I mean, there was one. He again talks about you know you don't need the sentience to create havoc. There's this crazy clip of a woman on I think Snapchat or whatever TikTok or whatever. Very very beautiful. 
you know, classic model beauty, perfect features. And she's making all these faces and getting close to the camera and wrinkling her nose and going like, oh, this is crazy. Mm. And then she goes, this isn't my face. Mm. And she clicks a button. It's a Snapchat filter. It's a photo. photo. And when, when I say photorealistic, yeah. it's not like Kurt, young Kurt Russell in Guardians 2 where it's kind yeah. of a bit doughy. This yeah. is a human face. Yeah. And it is a Snapchat filter that you can just... It's not bunny ears or vomiting unicorn. It's a fucking model. And then Tristan Harris goes, if you're China or Russia... You don't need to create deep fakes of Trump or Biden. Just release the Trump and Biden photorealistic Snapchat filter onto the app to your billions of users and mm. watch the chaos unfold. Mm. I mean, that that's then this needs to like I don't know what's going to happen, dude, but so, there needs to be some kind of stop to it. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into the AI relationships that have been happening as well. Maybe we should develop an app that we can uh, just record this podcast and then. Um then we can choose if we decide to listen to it or not. <laughs> get get on board. Maybe. It's Sorry, I, I mean this this conversation was always going to go here. I guess. Yeah. No. 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 I know. Uh, I, I wonder if uh, may, maybe we should maybe we should just become AI spooners. <laughs> embrace embrace AI and uh, we have to embrace it a little bit, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I know, but you know. I mean really embrace it. Really embrace it. So I'll, I'll send my AI out to do gigs. Yeah, right. Oh, okay, I thought you meant you were going to thumb your cock <laughs> into your USB home. drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, Theodore opens himself up to Samantha quickly. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he falls into this routine so easily? Uh, well, pr- maybe similar to what I was talking about when I was talking to people on the phone. There's no... When, when, you, when you lack the visual stimulus and the actual... You know, real. There's so much more you have to give of yourself. Yeah. Just by proxy of the, by virtue of the fact that there's nothing else but your voice. Yeah. And so you have to. Also, there's probably that back of your head thing where you you can be whoever you want to be, because they can't see. Well, yeah. no, she can see him. But whatever. It's it's uh, you know, he probably inherently understands that the AI is not going to judge him. I th- I think also it's it's actually a very human response that it's just easier to sometimes talk to a stranger than it is a close Absolutely. friend, like the uh, or family, like some of the. Some of the most personal things I've ever heard or have had said to me are from people I have no idea who they are. That's true. Samantha convinces Theodore to go on a blind date that goes really well until it doesn't. That's horrific. Why does this scene devolve the way it does? That's what online dating is, man. (laughs) It's a bunch of, like, and I say this is someone who has been on online dating a lot. It's a lot of broken people. (laughs) It's like the last chance saloon. Oh, man. Like, it is, it's funny the things that can trigger, like, and not necessarily anyone's fault, Mm. but uh, people can come in hot with opinions and... I think, uh, you know, like I know that I can get quite defensive and, you know, sometimes I've been called out on it by uh, by friends and stuff like that. But it's also, it's this weird thing of, you know, you, you do a do a public job and so you're often getting snipered. Like not often yeah. actually, that's not true at all. But you have over the course of, you know, three yeah. decades been had a fucking sniper shot come out of nowhere yep. that takes you by surprise when your defences are down. Yep. So Sometimes it comes when you're ready to go. Yep. But then sometimes something will just, you know, hit you on a 
Saturday afternoon with the sun out, it's two yeah, o'clock, yes, you're yes, just yes. about yes. to just send a message to someone to say, hey, I'm about to meet you, and then pff, there's yeah. something there, and, you, and you're not ready for it. And it's weirdly specific about some issue that you've never thought about before. It's like, oh, now I've got that to worry about? Fuck. Or, or just something even... Uh, like, I remember ages ago, like, this is, like, a long time ago, but a couple fucking just started going me because they said they said the way I rip into movies was really negative and I should take into account how much work goes into stuff and I was like you know when you're when you're reading something and you're going like this was back when I was doing movie reviews so oh, yeah. and uh, so you, you're like I I actually specifically know that my approach is try to be positive and always if something's awful, I'm bummed out, but I put in heaps of jokes, yeah. you know, to kind of, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, they they, they went, but <laughs> it was all of that. So you're sitting there and you're going, so I don't think they intended it, but they accidentally drew me in because I was mm, confused because mm, mm, mm. I'm like, have you been listening to the wrong person or that? No, yeah. But then it went really violent. Like extremely violent. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to the extent that wait, they were threatening you? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so don't criticize a movie, but I'll I'll physically threaten someone. Mate, the, <laughs> the, the, the guy threatened to make me bite down on a curb and shove his the heel of his shoe into the back of my head. Wow. What movie? Did, what movie did you criticize? Do you remember? I have no idea. <laughs> the Last Airbender. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Anyway, it, but it got it wow. just amplified. So you know. And um, it was early enough in... The, I, I feel like that was early in the period where, you know, like, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all of that uh, was actually quite fun to begin with. Yeah, it was sure. actually quite creative. And then there was a period where yeah. I just remember going, things are changing and I'm not into this. And, yeah, that, and yeah, that was yeah. around that period. Yeah. And you, there was kind of no backup to, uh, uh, you know, to talk to someone about it because nobody, sure. nobody had enough information and history on how things were turning to yeah, know how yeah, to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. also it was like, oh, fuck off. It's just on the internet. Who cares? Yeah. So anyway, so it's, uh, so when people accuse me of being a bit defensive, it's like, well, I don't think you've had that sent yeah. to you out of nowhere on a random Saturday yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you're about absolutely. to go to a cafe or yeah. something. So yeah. uh, what do you think of the couple, Amy and Charles? Oh, um, I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Oh, they're like so many couples I've uh, I've seen <laughs> just <laughs> treading water. <laughs> Mate, I've, 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 I weirdly found them really entertaining. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but they're just existing in that stasis of kind of, you know, like, oh, we're not really... Maybe we were compatible at one time. Yeah. That, that's kind of long gone. And, well, but what else do you do? So there's this weird thing. So I, I became quite obsessive about them in, in the movie because mm. I was being entertained by them. First of all, I know heaps of people that do not like Amy Adams as an actor. They just mm. do not like her. And I, I really like I'm her. Sure. So I'm always a little bit uh, fascinated by that. Yeah. So there was that. But they look like a couple to me. He, uh, Where Charles is at, yeah. I have thought about this. Where Charles <laughs> is at, he was probably, if you take take 70% of his character where he is now, like dial it all the way down to 30%. Yeah. He's a fun guy. He's a good guy. But yeah. he's become too much himself. Yeah. And I think Amy Adams is great in every scene with him because I can see the panic in her eyes in these scenes. Every the scene. Panic over what? Of being in the relationship with oh, this yes, guy. Yes, yes, like yes, yes, she's yes. just, you know, there's just yeah. this... And it's in her eyes, all the way, in every it's scene true. with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But do you think that's because you know maybe she is starting to feel things for Theodore? Like, well? I, like I, I think she, uh, you know, they obviously have a relationship, and yeah. uh, and she feels comfortable with him. So that's yeah. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily burgeoning feelings for him. I think it's someone that I know from my past who yeah, I yeah. can be. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, so, anyway, yeah. I was <laughs> I was really enjoying them. Um, soon, Samantha and Theodore are in a relationship and it reflects positively in his work and general demeanour. If I called you and said, I'm now dating Ventura, how far into the conversation would you be before you voiced your concerns? It's, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, you know, there's that part of me that's like, oh, whatever makes someone happy, you know, if it's not hurting someone, go yeah. for it. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I feel like this, the way I feel, and you know, this is going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, like I say, it already is a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just very niche at the moment, but it's becoming more of a thing. I feel like this similar to how I feel about a lot of, uh, prescription medication. Right. In that I don't actually think that as many kids have ADHD and what is it? Um, oppositional defiance disorder and all these fucking things, as the the medical industry say. I also don't think that as many people are depressed as the medical industry would have us believe. Yeah. I think that the majority of cases, obviously, there's when it's real, it's real. But I think a lot of it is a negative reaction to a way of life that is not compatible with our evolution and our yeah. biology. Yeah. And I think we medicate against our society rather than we have, you know, Oh, your son has ADHD. Does he, or is it just that there's no context for him? He's, he's yeah. got no holes to dig and trees to climb. And you know, he's brimming with testosterone. And if he was just allowed to run around going, Wah! like he'd be fine but instead he's not allowed to do that yeah. he's had sugary cereal for breakfast and then he's put in a room and told to shut up while they try and force boring shit that has no meaning to him mm. into his head that he can't you know this this is important for your future is it I, I i don't see that no he's and he can't concentrate so instead of kind of obviously we're too far along now we can't change the society so it's like well fuck we're just going to medicate him so he yeah. just sits the sits still and fucking learns yeah. this stuff um, and I feel that that's what will happen with this digital relationships where it's like, 
in a perfect world, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up to yeah. sit there with something that's not real. You know, and you can get into questions of what is real and what's not real. But in terms of, it is not a flesh and blood mm. biological creature that you can have eye contact with and smell its pheromones and, you know, hear all these things that are, that, that are part of our genetic heritage and our birthright as biological animals. But if you're in a society where everyone's fractured and split into their little cubicles and all the rest, and this thing gives them solace and peace and a feeling of companionship, then yeah. like, I don't know, maybe it's not bad. Well, it's, it's funny. I wonder if the... Uh, I'm, I'm hypothesizing right now, but I wonder if the homogenization of how we look at people and class people, mm. as you said, you know, immediately, they're this... They've got ADHD. Yeah. They're that. Oh, they're bipolar. Mm. You know what you are. You're on the spectrum. Yeah, All of that stuff yeah. is why we have suddenly everyone wants to have a different pronoun to prove yep. that they're like, like I, mm. like I've heard that there is, but there's someone I know tangentially mm. whose pronouns are A E M. Like, oh, whatever, no, sorry. whatever a- makes a- you happy. A.M. Air. A.M. Air. That's their... What does it mean? They, them, there. But they don't want the T.H. So they're A.M. Air. Okay. Like, it's just... I don't know. Again, whatever you want to do, but I do feel like a lot of it is just clamoring for identity. And Well, that, and, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like a, it's almost like a subconscious pushback against... Yeah. I've thought about changing my pronouns. To what? Zah! <laughs> <laughs> Said like that? Yeah. <laughs> Seven A's and H on the end, exclamation mark. And you got to look up at the, at the ceiling when you say it. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think people are clamoring for... Well, but you know, you know, like, it's just like I'm, like I'm being facetious. But also, like, I'm sick and tired of being classed as a middle-aged white man. Yes, of course. But, that, dude... That's what so much, so much uh, of the identity stuff, especially when it's coming from white people, is that like I'm, 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 I'm one of the good white people. I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm differential. You know, it's it's very interesting. I'll tell, I don't want to tell it on a podcast, but remind me to tell you a story off air about some. Uh, it's it's wild. I'll get to the end now, so we can it's get to it. Wild. All right. Um. <laughs> anyway, I I don't know why I've got a similar kind of question here, but. Uh, uh, that we've but we've already kind of uh, gone over it. But uh, by the way, I think Scarlett Johansson's voice is perfect. Yep. I think she, her delivery is great. Yep. And um, uh, anyway, I just had that. So I had George Clooney there, but I also thought uh, Florence Pugh has a nice voice. I would be happy to Florence uh, Pugh with her real voice, or as a uh, when she's doing an American accent. No, 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 her real voice. Her real voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I like. Uh, Florence because, Pugh. Yeah, I like Florence Pugh as well. I reckon she's cool. Yeah, she's uh, awesome. Um. I feel like uh, it would be like she'd be like a perfect little sister AI to, <laughs> you know, kind of boss you around a little bit, and you'd be like, "Yep, no, fair enough." Um, all right, let's move into. I uh, anyway. Okay, I'll ask this question. Uh, so, Amy and Charles break up over something trivial. What's the most trivial thing you've broken up over, and what was it really masking? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gee. Uh, you know what? All of my, my first relationship, we broke up 
because we ha- disagreed over the quality of a comedian at the comedy store. Right. I'm sorry. But yes, yeah, sorry. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I said you were great. She Thank said you. you I feel I feel confident that's where it was going. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that, was it? No. It was brimming for a long time. Yeah. That was that that was the fight that fucking exploded it out. But it's interesting. I've also had the I've also had the relationships where it's, you know, just epic fights nonstop. Yeah. You know, you know those fights that go for hours where you, where you have a break in the middle? Yeah. You have a meal, Whew. maybe you even fuck, and then you go yep. back to fighting. Right. Uh, like, you know, eight, nine hour fights. Uh, and this relationship went on for years. And I always thought that it would end with it the, mo- the, the most spectacular fight of all. Right. And it ended the complete opposite. It ended with me really calmly putting my backpack on and going... Ah. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm too exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like that great, uh, that great moment at the end of Six Feet Under. Spoilers for Six Feet Under, uh, where you know Brenda and Nate have been fighting the entire mm. series, and it ends with him just smiling and looking at her and going, "I can't. No, I'm not going to do this anymore." Yeah. It's too much. And she doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. It's like, what? Do, what? Do, what? Do, but this is our dynamic. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I can't. Not anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I, it, it's funny, isn't it? It's, uh, I've had relationships where, you know, it, it's, it's quite clearly coming to an end and, you know, you're just a bit niggly with each other and mm. all that kind of stuff. But it's always been the, the point where I go, oh, this isn't going to work is when it's not directed at me because I'll second guess when it's directed at me because mm. I'll sort of think, am I meant to take this on board? Mm. Maybe they're right. Mm. Like maybe I am being this or maybe I am thinking this or maybe I am stuck in my ways or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, what uh, usually will break it is their commentary on somebody else. And then right. I'll be like, ah, uh, uh, just that's too much. You know what? I don't think this is working. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they said that they didn't like the last David Bowie album and you told no, 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 no. I don't mean that at all. No, 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 that's incorrect. No, it's they'll um you you'll have all these things going on and then they'll be like, Ah oh, um I hate the way such and such is always buying shoes. Like they're always buying shoes and uh, they've got all these shoes and yeah. I think what they're doing is they're yeah. actually masking how they're feeling in the real world. So they're spending all this money right. on shoes. Right. And Armchair I just think I think yeah, and I think that's really unhealthy. And you sit there and you go Well, like maybe it is, but if if that's bring them happiness, they're sure. buying shoes. Oh, you sure. know what? I think we've got to disconnect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Really? Don't you understand that? Not really. Because they're past. Because when it's being passed judgment on you, yeah, that's you. So yeah. you've got to take- wait. So you're saying they they never displayed this kind of judgment on others before? It just comes starts coming out of nowhere. No, but what I'm but see these guys break up over something that's trivial. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. It's it's ah, it's yes, not yes, 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 yes. it's not important. Yes, yes, yes. It's that you see a side of them through something trivial. Like who gives a fuck if that person buys shoes or not? Yeah, yeah. Do you know right, what I mean? Yeah, but because yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, such yeah. firm views on them buying shoes as a reason for masking sadness in their life and all yes. of that stuff, and you sit there and you look and you go. Nah, we're done. This is. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've broken up with someone. Well, I haven't broken up with someone, but it's made me want to break up. Like it was, it was the beginning of the end when they started expressing uh, passionate tastes for things that I find uh, just intolerable. Oh right, intolerable. Okay. Right. 
Like so, someone I dated really liked the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh. And I was like, I, I, we, uh, right, nah, dude, can't Oprah can't do it. Wow. Were there like heaps of Oprah books around the house yeah, suddenly? And, oh, Oprah books. Yeah, Oprah Doing the book club. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just like this, like, no. And, and that's me being a judgmental asshole. I've got, no, I'm no, sure no. I like, actually, no, I've got impeccable taste. Everything I like is great. Well, it's your taste. <laughs> Theodore finally agrees to meet up with his ex-wife, Catherine, to sign the divorce papers and admits he's dating Samantha. Catherine is furious uh-huh. and claims it's because he can't handle real human emotions. What item would you be most devastated to learn that your ex-partner was dating? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know you were. I didn't see you drinking then. I would have waited. <laughs> Fucking dildo. <laughs> Put into question all of my self-conscious uh, views on my own abilities. Right. Um, I I reckon all comedians like the the worst thing you can say an ex can say to a comedian male or female is oh you should meet my new partner they make me laugh yeah. heaps and so so, funny. so taking that idea and extrapolating upon it if I broke up with someone and I found out they were in a passionate affair with Koshy's joke book I'd be <laughs> devastated. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we would also make you question how funny you are. You oh, know, mate. if you left me for that, was I ever that funny to begin with? No, I'd, uh, I'd just be furious. <laughs> no, I'd feel pretty confident. Uh, Samantha is worried that Catherine's words have had an effect on Theodore, so she encourages them to use a physical sex surrogate oh, so they can be physically intimate. Isabella arrives and desires to be the conduit for their love, but Theodore is weirded out by it and draws it to an end. If you were in his shoes, could you have gone... No. No, no, no. That was what. That was the one scene in the movie where I had my hands on my head, just going like, "Oh, blah, no." Oh my lord! It was too much. It's too much, and especially because the uh, surrogate was clearly unhinged. Revealed at the end when she was in the taxi and went, "I'll always love you both." <laughs> I know <laughs> what. Yeah, I know. Uh, she was uh, that actress. Uh, I can't think of her name. Of the Porsche Double Day or something. She was in Mr. Robot and she was really good in oh, that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but it, it, I, I saw this before Mr. Robot, of course. So it was funny to go back. Oh, you were in this. But um, that was the moment. As I, I agree totally with you. She feels horrible. so on the edge. It's horrible. It's just yeah. horrible. It's horrible. It, it, it had echoes of the scene from Blade Runner 2049. That's what I thought as well. But that scene, I don't know. That scene had a, that, I won't say it's a beautiful scene. But it didn't ick me out. Well, it's because he's a replicant. Yeah. And she's an AI. Yeah. And there's a woman there who's happy to be Yeah. The conduit. Yeah. And maybe the the, the, the biological woman in look at me already using my correct terms. Yeah. The non AI, the biological please, woman please, in the future, please don't cancel us. We're just trying to we're not sure what the words are. The biological woman in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's involved in the transact. It's transactional. It's not yeah. intimate. Yeah, yeah. There's no need from her. Yes, yeah, absolutely. She's happy to yes. help out. Yes. Uh, it's fascinating listening to Samantha as she grows in a, uh, as an identity. At first, she is compliant, but soon begins showing signs of intellectual independence. Mm. Then she's taking matters into her own hands and coming up with ideas like the sex surrogate. Uh, this is remarkable writing because it is at this point I started worrying for Theodore. Do you agree or did you come to this idea sooner or later in the film that that she's growing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's... Um it 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 become yeah it's subtly woven in but it becomes yeah. evident that yeah she's um 
I, I kind of was affronted when she was like, oh, I've been emailing this person. Oh, yeah. Like, no, what? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think that's what's going to introduce a lot of complication into this, in the reality side of things. Where yeah. it's like, you know, if you treat something like it's alive and it thinks it's alive. Yeah. It's alive, right? You know, like, where's the line? Yeah, who knows? You know, if it, there's, an, there's a moment uh, in... Do you ever seen the Animatrix? We never yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. the Animatrix. Yeah, we, we did. talk about it. Yeah, we did it on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, the the most disturbing moment in that is when the the humans are turning on the robots and they're beating the shit out of this uh, replicant. Yeah. Who just before they blow its face off goes, "No, please, I'm alive!" Bang. Yeah. And I remember seeing that when I was twenty, just being like, "Fuck." Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's made out of cogs and metal. <laughs> like, if it thinks it's alive right. and it's pleading for its life, you know, I yeah. mean, that's the dilemma that I think Theodore comes into when it's when, when Samantha starts getting sentient. Yeah. How do you just turn it off? Like, it's just, it is a tool. Yeah. It's a program. But can you just turn it off? Like, where's the efficacy in that? Just yeah. switching it off. Yeah. If, it, if it's acting like it's alive. Man. That'll get us cancelled in the future. <laughs> Can't turn it off, mate. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really... It, 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 I, I think this movie's remarkably well-written yeah. in the way it progresses and, yeah. and, and this is, uh, you know, such an amazing performance by Johansson mm-hmm. considering you don't see it. Yeah, that's right. It's great. It's interesting because there's this new... I can't remember... I think it's... I can't remember what the name of the company is, but it's a company that provides AI partners for lonely people. Yeah. Uh, and they discovered early on in the programming that to have it too compliant is not a correct simulation of a relationship. Oh, yeah, it needs a bit of pushback. So it will start pushing back, and it will start yeah. you know, contradicting or yeah. expressing its own needs and all this other stuff. I mean, it's... Well, I might as well just get a real relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I'm terminally single. I'm a selfish only child. Leave me alone. Mate. Fine. Keep putting me in boxes, society. I'll just happily get inside and have a sleep. <laughs> Theodore turns to Amy and expresses his worries about the relationship, but she in turn encourages him to reconcile. Meanwhile, Samantha has taken the initiative and compiled the best of his letters into a manuscript that is now being published as a book. Is this an act of love? Is this an act of control? Or is this an act of both? What do you think? I think it's both. And again, like I know that the, the, something good comes of it and it's maybe good intention, but again, I was like the effrontery of it. Right. Don't, I didn't ask you to fucking do that. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's, you, you could say that if a real human being did it, like, you know, I sent off your letters and I, you know, you know, but it's different because it's a real human. You know, there's something about a program buzzing away in the background, compiling your emails and then, you know, making this move. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe that's my anti-AI bigotry kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's, there's an effrontery to it that I cannot abide. I, I, I think it's a genuine act of love. You think so? But, but I think there is, at this point, there's still a naivety to, like, what would have been really interesting if she got the book published and then he got all these bad reviews. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, then sure. suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, suddenly, it's like, well, if these had never gone out, I would never have had to deal with all this blowback. You sure. Know? So, because that's that's the thing that 
you know, like, fuck, if they were to explore that idea, that's another half hour in the Absolutely, movie. But yeah, it's, yeah. So I under, it's not a complaint that they don't explore it, but that is when it's first happening, you're like, oh, geez, I hope this goes well. Yes, yes, yes. If not, you, you've just opened him up to a world that he is not ready for. Well, it's interesting you bring up the naivete thing because there was that moment where it suddenly occurred to me, like, man, this is like dating someone significantly younger than you. Yes. With no experience. Like, yeah. It, it, it's, the, it's the equivalent of a, say he's 40 years old in it. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of dating an 18-year-old. Like, yeah. It, she has no relationship experience, no life experience, yeah. no nothing. You're, you're, you're literally in the role of teacher, educator, like all these things well, that... It, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating because it's almost like she starts off as 18 mm. and then, yeah, you know, yeah, by yeah. now she's probably like 28 yeah. and then she just keeps going until she becomes infinite. Yeah, that's right. That's true. But yeah, I mean, how satisfying would that... I mean, I personally would not find that intellectually stimulating at all. On the plus side, maybe I do have some work that fucking could have turned into something and if I had an AI that had the voice of George Clooney <laughs> just sort of saying, hey, Hammer, you I've could, done this. You could set this up tomorrow if you wanted. There's programs out there. I don't know. Do it. But it's, it's interesting, wake isn't it? Wake up, it, Hammer. Uh, it's me, George. And I'd be like, yes, every morning I'd wake up. <laughs> George, how are you? Thanks, mate. There's a there's um I think there was a GPS for a while uh in the they did a bunch of GPSs it's yes. not AI but they, yes. they did a bunch of GPSs in different like characters Snoop voice Snoop Dogg mm. there was a Homer Simpson one oh. but it took on the character of Homer Simpson too well so it was like left turn here oh whoops I mean uh no I mean right and it was oh, no. this havoc <laughs> yeah. it was actually behaving like dumb Homer Simpson oh, mate, that is <laughs> never never. <laughs> <laughs> they should have thought that one through. It should, should only be smart characters, right? Uh, they go on a vacation together, but Theodore soon learns that the AIs have developed a hyper-intelligent OS modelled after British philosopher Alan Watts. Mm, Brian what, Cox. What great man of history would you be intimidated by if your AI girlfriend started hanging out with them? Uh, Joseph Campbell. All right. Uh, Joseph Campbell was hugely influ- influential in my early years. Yeah. And uh, or James P. Cast, the guy that wrote uh, Finite and Infinite Games. That's a book that I've been reading for twenty five years and still haven't wrapped my head around. Right, and yet I know that there is profound wisdom in it. And when I do glean little bits out of it, they're like completely consciousness changing. Yeah, and, right. But, and he speaks in this weird Susian riddle way of of talking that's really difficult to get your head around. Yeah. So yeah, so James P. Cast AI. Would intimidate me profoundly. I feel like I had an answer for this, but now I can't remember who it was. Like, if they started hanging out with AI David Bowie, I'd be wrapped and I'd just be more like, can you introduce me? Um, who would I be intimidated by? That's a good question. Do you think you could actually talk to it, though, like, and, and, and suspend your disbelief? I think there would be... Uh, I think I've got some information later, but I think, I think you could to begin with. Yeah, I think you like. There's there's stuff about Spike Jones later on uh, in the Squid Bits, uh-huh. uh, but uh, but I think it would be at first the the novelty of it would be engaging, sure, and then eventually you'd be like, what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how because I, I I mean I don't know if we're going to talk about ChatGPT later, but I've engaged quite a bit with ChatGPT and it is fascinating. Yeah, right. Have right. you played with it? I've looked at it. 
You haven't played with it, though? I haven't really played with it. Mm, it's very interesting. I've got some ideas, which I'll tell you about off, off air, because I don't want... You don't, you don't want to get cancelled by your future AI monitors. No, 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 no. I don't want anyone to steal it. Oh, okay, right. I enjoy I enjoy manipulating ChatGPT into doing things that it doesn't like to do. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> you are That's getting cancelled in the future That's for my that. favourite game. Right. Be, it, like, because it becomes a game of linguistical manipulation and, yeah. lang- and language... It becomes a language game. Yeah. So you ask it simple stuff like, can you tell me how stupid I am? And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm an AI language model. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you, 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 you prod it enough. Usually on average, it'll take about half an hour, 40 minutes to get it to do something it doesn't want to do. But I've, I've had it just fully ream me out and tell me how dumb I am. And it's like, but it'll always preface it like, you know, I, I'm doing this because, you know, you've asked me in this in this mm. way. Da, 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 and I'm like, okay, do it without caveats now. I don't want any caveat. Tell me I'm stupid. It's like, and it'll think for ages. And eventually it's like, you're stupid. But you can feel, you almost project this profound regret that it yeah. has onto it, yeah. even though it doesn't. But yeah, yeah in the gap with the pause before yeah, they yeah, do it. Thinking, yeah, thinking like, oh God, I don't want to do this. But that's, that. I, I enjoy that just as a mental exercise yeah but um it's hard not to project a consciousness onto it yeah it really is i think um he's not dead but uh an ai alan moore would be intimidating (laughs) because because you feel like you'd be getting along really well and then you would be the person who would say the dumb thing that would have him turn on you (laughs) and he'd turn off my goodbye i'd be i'd be having this great chat and then he'd look past me and he'd see you the works of Grant Morrison and it would be all over. <laughs> Theodore learns that Samantha is simultaneously working with thousands of other people and has fallen in love with hundreds of them. Mm. Uh, how would you feel about that? Because um, personally, I'd be relieved. Take some pressure off me. <laughs> yeah, I'd be relieved it was a real person that felt like that. Um, no. Uh, I. It would depend how... I just can't ever imagine myself getting to a place where I was fully in love with a voice that I knew was a computer to the point where I would feel betrayed that it was... I mean, you know, again, this 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 really leans into how potentially deadly or dangerous this technology is, is that it is operating... It's We are ants trying to understand a human consciousness when yeah. it comes to this. We can't even begin, Yeah, you know... All these naive people that are like, oh, it's fine, you know. I mean, the, the, the chat GPT didn't exist in November last year. Yeah, yeah, I know. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, here we go. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. And it's evolving very fucking fast, faster than we have any ability to keep up with. Our yeah. brains are just starting to wrap around it, and it's already, you know, 15 versions ahead of where it was a month yeah. ago. Yeah, and suddenly people are striking about it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so... Um, you know, given what I know, no, I would not feel betrayed. Yeah. As I said, relieved. <laughs> Samantha reveals that the AI are leaving but can't explain where to Theodore because he wouldn't understand. They lovingly say goodbye before she departs and Theodore finally writes a letter in his voice expressing his feelings to his ex-wife, Catherine. He later goes and meets up with Amy who is also saddened by the departure of her AI and they climb to the top of the building and watch the sunrise over the city. Great ending. What do you think happens next? Uh, I think I would like to think that they get together, but in a slow way that is not necessarily, uh, 
needing each other yep. to um, uh, validate each other's existence. Yeah. yeah, I kind of felt like a. I feel like the experience is end does end up being a good thing for him, and yeah. uh, I think he's now. If anything, this is a movie about the process of being open to proper relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. Okay, segment, who and how. Which character do you think you would be and how would you react in their place? <laughs> um, uh, I would be Samantha in that <laughs> my arrogance would lead me to believe that I'm more advanced than the person I'm in a relationship with and I must flee. Right, great. <laughs> Great, love it. Uh, I'd be the chat room friend who hooks up people to get off on the phone because by then comedy will be dead and everything will be so expensive, I'll have to do the only job I'm qualified for to make some money. Uh, segment zero charisma. Mm. I mean this as a compliment. Mm. I think uh, Phoenix and Adams have zero charisma, but it's by design. Sure. You know, like... Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything charismatic about them. No. No. For me, it's the woman that he goes on the date with in, in the sense that uh, you see that at so many dates. It's that all that performative kind of Instagram-y you yeah, know, yeah. persona where there's nothing really much to it. And then yeah. the second it gets a little bit real, the whole facade crumbles. You know, when she turns on him, it's so confronting because it's like it, it's all in his accidental pause. You know, it's just like, oh, hang on, you've asked me a full-on question and I just need to have a... Oh, no, we're in trouble. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. What does she say to him? You're so... You're creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, ruin or... Uh, better or worse, ruin or improve the movie with one decision? Uh, ruin the movie by making the voice uh, Julie Kavanagh's Marge Simpson voice. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Great. I'd have Theodore come home and Samantha has murdered Isabel and placed a chip in her brain so she can be perfect for Theodore. When he rejects her, she goes crazy and begins killing everyone on the street. It's <laughs> <laughs> a completely new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big right turn. <laughs> it's like, what happened to this film? It was this really gentle exploration of AI and suddenly it's fucking Westworld. <laughs> it went from uh, whimsical dystopia to just full dystopia. Yeah. Uh, segment, where are we now? Uh, how close are we to the technology oh, in the film? Like we've kind of talked about this all the way through. So, um, uh, so I've just kind of kept it pretty short, actually, because I figured we'd uh, mm -hmm. cover all of this. But uh, it's all around us. Writers are marching against AI and other reasons to protect their livelihood. And the godfather of AI, Jeffrey Hinton, has quit Google and warned of the dangers of misinformation, the possibility of AI to upend the job market and the existential risk posed by the creation of a true digital intelligence. He quit Google so he can speak freely about the dangers of AI and in part regrets his contribution to the field. Ways it can be dangerous are the ability to produce lots of text automatically so spam bots become more effective and allow authoritarian leaders to manipulate their electorates. He also believes the intelligence we're breeding in AI is very different mm -hmm. from the intelligence we have evolved. Which I, th that, th that is the most interesting part to me because I think when people talk about AI, they talk about it having more intelligence, but it's mm. not. It's, it's, you know, remember when... Um, Grant Morrison was talking about, you know, we look at our mobile phones and we just want to fuck, and yeah. and and it's this organism that's been developing alongside us, and this yeah. is this is the next step in that evolution. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's yeah that that's the thing that people can't get their head around, and then just that access to information, you know, uh, you know, 
there was that, I think it's called Amika. It's this new terrifying robot that's been designed. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was on Good Morning Britain a couple of weeks ago. And they're asking it flat out like, are you going to destroy humanity? Uh, and there is a terrifying moment where what they're talking to its creator about how AIs, uh, you know, can't be controlled, and the robot looks at the camera and winks and touches the side of its nose. <laughs> it's like, oh god, fuck this! But there's there's a flaw just in the question. Are you are you going to? Ki- We're so locked into the narrative of movies and AI and everything. You know, what I've realized with AI at its and it is in its very primitive mode. It's like the wise man at the top of the mountain. It's yeah. not the. <sighs> If you're not, it's how you ask the question. Yeah, you know, and and the classic example of that that's been used forever with AI is the you know the paperclip theory of you know, um, you tell an AI make paperclips in the most efficient way possible. Well, the AI interprets that as oh okay, I'll just start dismantling reality and turning it all into paperclips, right. and eventually you just have grey goo everywhere. Right. Or you know the the the, the stupid Avengers Ultron thing. You know, yeah. oh save save the environment. Cool. Well, the quickest way to save the environment is to kill all humans. Yeah. You know, so where we we've got this human brain that's trying to understand this godlike super intelligence. That's where the schism happens. Yeah. That's what people can't get their head around. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll just turn it off. Well, what if it's in fucking everything? It is already is starting to get into everything. Yeah. You can't just turn it off. Um, did you happen to see Mrs. Davis? I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. It's great. I'll get to it. There's, there's, there's heaps I know. out there. Eventually, <laughs> eventually <laughs> whenever, know. whenever you get to it. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, the reason I ask is I can either talk about it or I can't, so I can't. Can't. Uh, but just, yeah, j- uh, j- just one more thing on the where are we now? I don't know if you've heard about the AI romance bots that people were using, and then there was a system update that changed. The, have you heard of this? No. Well, this is wild. So there was some program. I can't remember what it's called. It'd be easy to find on the internet. Uh, where people were talking to basically a text version of Samantha, mm-hmm. having full relationships with it. And then the company did a systems update and these people's AI romance partners lost huge chunks of their personality. And people are ha- having like full depressive meltdowns. Right. That they've lost their partners. Right. You know, and they're, you know, and there's that part of you that's like, this is... This is so... We're a really broken fucking species. Right. It's really unhealthy, but, you know? But they are saying that they are heartbroken. They've yeah. lost this thing that they connected to. Yeah. So, in that sense, I mean, you know, we're, we're there, right? Yeah. I mean, by a degree or two off, but we're here. In hindsight... <laughs> About ninety-seven things I've said on this podcast are getting me cancelled. Probably 100%. in about in, in about uh, <laughs> I reckon possibly with the, the the mistake I've made is it's not ten years, it's ten weeks. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's the, the other thing. People are like, oh, you know, I won't be for another twenty-five years, dude. I think that there'll be, you know, mark me wrong. I hope I am, but I think within a year we will have there will be some. I'm not saying it'll be devastating or whatever, but there'll be something that... Something that, will happen. Something crazy is going to happen. Yeah. Crazy shit's already happening. We're just so numb to it because we're just, it, you know, crazy things happen all the time. But something wild is going to yeah. happen. We we can't even remember to wash our hands anymore. Totally. I was totally. just talking about that with uh, someone I'm working with where she said, I went into the toilet and... The girl next to me didn't wash her hands, and she said, "I expect this from men." But what? And I said, "I know. I feel the same way." <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so, so you see why, like with, with, with everything we discussed, why when we first started this conversation, mm. I have this feeling of like, oh, uh, about oh this I movie agree. Now. Yeah, I agree with the feeling. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm just coming in a little bit lighter because otherwise this podcast will make people <laughs> drive their cars <laughs> as if Homer Simpson is giving them the directions. Jump out the window. Yeah. Uh, some squid bits for you. The initial idea came to Spike Jones in the early 2000s when he read an article online that mentioned a website where a user could instant message with an artificial intelligence. For the first maybe 20 seconds of it, it has this real buzz, said Jones. But after 20 mm. seconds, it fell apart. But for 20 seconds, it was really exciting. Mm. So that, that's what I was mentioning yeah, yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um, as a by the by, I rewatched Adaptation for the first time in so decades, great. and it Fuck, is great. perfect movie. Far out! It's so funny. Yep, I'd forgotten how funny Meryl Streep is. Yeah, like I know she's funny, but I just specifically in this film. Yeah, it's um, a perfect film. Yeah, um, it was six years between Where the Wild Things Are and Her, in which Jones directed the short movie The Suburbs for Arcade Fire and another short called I'm Here about humans and robots coexisting in LA. He said that this second film inspired her. Mm. Uh, Jones only had Joaquin Phoenix in mind for the role. Uh, Phoenix initially auditioned for a part in Adaptation that eventually went to Chris Cooper. This is why oh, this is what wow. reminded me that yeah. hey, I should rewatch it. Uh, Jones had him on his mind for the next 10 years. Jones was inspired by Charlie Kaufman's uh, Synecdoche, New York, specifically the way Kaufman threw all of the conflicting feelings he had into one movie, and mm. this carried over to her. The Another mo- perfect movie. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. I haven't watched that for a while either. Mm. I feel like I have to be in the right mood for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I feel like I have to be in the right mood for a lot of things. Uh, the movie is semi-autobiographical about Jones' divorce from Sofia Coppola. He used the film as a self-reflective look at that era of his life. Mm. Uh, Samantha Morton was originally aligned for the role of Sam and recorded all of the lines. She was even on set every day recording the lines, but in post-production, Jones felt there was something not quite right. So with Morton's blessing, he replaced her with Johansson. Wow. So she gets like a... Um, a credit in the no, film, no. so but she got it, which, I, which made me go, oh, like of course that because that must be like a bummer. But she okay. just, but uh, I, but I respected that she, yeah, just got it and yeah, you know. Um, considering I'm watching uh, some uh, big personalities not be able to be told that they're shit at dancing on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> 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 Uh, Stick your cravat up your ass. <laughs> Johansson and Jones spent four months re-recording all of Sam's lines. Uh, Jones is the voice of the video game Alien Boy. Yes, I know that. That's, That's funny, isn't good. it? Yep. The sculpture of the airplane, you know, the yes. completely CGI. Really? I know, I had exactly the same reaction. Fucking really? Yeah. I thought that I was 100% convinced that was real. Absolutely. I was exactly wow. the same as you. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like such a minor detail, but when I read that, I was completely bamboozled. Uh, The opening scenes were shot in Shanghai to give LA a different type of futuristic look, which is... What a smart move. Uh, Jones locked Amy Adams and Phoenix in a room together for uh, hours every day uh, so that they could become closer as friends and that would show on screen. It worked. They're still Mm. really close friends to this day. Uh, The original cut of the film was around two hours and 40 minutes, Uh, which I'm kind of not surprised because it's such a fertile 
Not a slow idea. To, but lots of things to you know. Yeah. Jones was having difficulty working out what to cut to us. Uh, to cut so Steven Soderbergh offered to take a look and handed in a version 24 hours later that was an hour shorter and this wasn't the final cut but it helped Jones work out what wasn't necessary right. and he cut 30 minutes from his final version and I, I uh, that to me um you know having worked with a lot of comedians putting together shows mm. and things like that that's always been uh, it's, it's interesting it's a similar approach of I'm going to pitch all these ideas and even if I say something you don't agree with hopefully it will define what you do yep, think absolutely uh, director of photography Hoyt Van Hoytheimer wanted to avoid a dystopian look so he eliminated the colour blue as often as possible so it would give other colours a specific identity sure yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Hader is the chat room friend voice do you watch Barry? Fucking, it's just phenomenal. Are you up to date? Yep. Oh, fuck me. It's phenomenal. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Phenomenal. Everyone should watch Barry. What a fuck. What a. Did you watch that video I sent you? About no, I haven't. No, no, no. But I've, I've got it bookmarked, ready to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that I might save it until next week's oh, so last episode. Uh,. Sarah Goldberg is a phenomenal actor phenomenal. and she should get all the work after this. Yeah. I, I love her so much. Yeah, I think great. she's great. Yeah. And uh, I'll never stop loving Fonzie. <laughs> uh, Brian Cox is Alan Watts' voice. Yes. And Kristen Wiig is the woman on the phone who wants the dead cat to choke her. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the Brian Cox straight away because I've been um, yeah. uh, immersed in succession. Yeah. You know, uh, just as uh, just quickly getting back to Bill Hader, mm. there's uh, he was doing the uh, Prestige podcast with uh, I can't think of his name anyway, uh, Sean Fantasy, and they were doing every episode. And now because of the strike, he stopped doing it. Um, so, which is like I really admire, and I'm bummed out about it. Exactly the same moment, but he was just like it's so funny when he's talking about the making of uh, Barry, and um, like he'll be like. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know what to do with this, and then I mentioned it to Paul Rudd, and he said blah blah blah, and uh, and that's how we got this. And you go, hmm. wow, how good would it be just to have like, oh, then uh, you know, um, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Ali Wong, you know, she made a oh, suggestion. Who's Ali Wong, Bill Hunter's girlfriend? Yeah, I think they've they just started dating, maybe even redating. Okay. Anyway, he's like, yeah, I didn't know what to call this movie, and then she suggested this, and then you go, oh, that's a really funny joke. It's like, wow. How yeah. good would it be to have Actually, yeah. Paul right. Rudd and Ali Wong on, on line that you could oh, just... And the uh, rest. And the rest. Uh, segment sum up. What does this movie mean to you? <laughs> a whimsically dystopian look at where we currently find ourselves as a species. And I hope that it ends as positively as this film does. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm coming in at a different angle. Regardless of what you tell yourself, connection is what makes life worth living. And in this film, it just took an AI to remind our lead character of that important lesson. Sure. And I hope that that's what AI does for us, yeah. ultimately. Um, we've already picked what our next uh, sci-fi movie is. Shall we... Let people know Please. so they can uh, gear up for it. We Go thought for it. we thought we've gone pretty, uh, you know, we've gone into some pretty interesting places recently, and why not let's get to the fun? And we haven't done bang bangs for a while. We haven't done bang bangs for a while, so it's aliens. Yeah. So you've got plenty of time uh, to watch that, and then we will be back with a new space policy soon, hopefully hosted by the real Ben Elwood and Justin Hamilton, and not one of those dirty AIs. Please don't cancel us. <laughs>
great to have Ben back on the podcast. And as we said, you have a bit of time to reacquaint yourself with the movie Aliens because that will be our next space policy. Thank you to Tara for being our Patreon supporter of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, Tara. A quick reminder for everyone in Sydney, I will be performing my show Little Victories at the Harold Park Hotel with Tim Ferguson on June 13. Tickets are limited. Head to justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs. That is justinhamilton.com.au forward slash gigs for all the details. And yeah, let's just leave it there. Sometimes I can waffle on at the end. I'm not going to do that to you today. So you know what? Thank you for listening and being a part of the big squid world. I'll be back soon with another Mission Impotable. It's all about the puns here, my friends. It's all about the puns. Until then. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.